Welcome back to the Jack and John podcast. Yes, I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Amen. You know, last week we touched off or we finished off with a prayer and we were talking about the three parables that Jesus told to the Pharisees and the scribes about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And I was inspired through that just to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. The Lord's Prayer is uh, really an amazing passage of Scripture. Uh, you think about this. These are um, uh, these Jewish men, you know, these Israelites, and uh, they knew God as uh, Yahweh or right. Jehovah or Lord. The name. The name. And he was so holy and he was so powerful uh, that there was a fear to actually say his name. Uh, so I have been taught that they just use letters when they first uh, began to refer to God. And the letters were Y-H-W-H, which became for us in English Yahweh, which became eventually Jehovah. And uh, it's just the powerful, great God of the mountains, the El Shaddai, the El Elyon, the Elohim, the uh, powerful God. And so these uh, disciples of Jesus, these followers, uh, one day come to him. And they ask him to teach them how to pray. And uh, now I'm going to tell you the first two words of the Lord's Prayer, uh, if it had been me, and I'm wondering, probably would have taken my attention. And I don't know if I would have heard the next phrase. I'm yeah. sure they did. But what he said or the way he started, it was, hey, you guys, uh, say our Father who art in heaven. And for Jesus to tell these Israelites you can approach God and say, our father is an didn't amazing he, didn't he say song. our father? Well, he actually he said? said the term Abba. 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 Uh, Abba in the, in the Greek or in the Aramaic is Dada. Mm -hmm. Dada. So when you, when you hear the term Dada, do you think of God? I never had before. <laughs> it still feels awkward. It still feel, feels <laughs> awkward. So uh, he was giving you this, this father child, but not a, a mature relationship as father, like me, you know, as a grown man with children myself, thinking of my dad, or even as a teenager thinking of my dad. But let's think younger than that. Let's think about a child's need and love and draw to his dad. So Jack's telling me this story about a pastor who's preaching on the Lord's Prayer, and he gets to this point, and he, I didn't want to embarrass Jack by making him do this. Well, the preacher did you know, this. But the preacher did this. And it affected me. And it, it, it did. I'm not going to stand up, but just imagine I'm standing up, and I'm like a toddler, and I'm approaching God and Dada, Dada. It's like a little child calling out to his daddy. His daddy. Yeah. So if his daddy is up there and the little child is trying to catch daddy and get his yeah. attention, he's just crying out, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the idea that Jesus gave these men. Come to the Father. Start your prayer by saying, Daddy. And you think about the question, you know, when they say, how then should we pray? 
How then should we pray? It, they're asking, how do we approach this unapproachable God that we can't even say his name? And it wasn't just that they used the, the consonants in, in ancient Hebrew. They didn't have the vowels. Um, they, they didn't have verbs. And then, so as they as the language evolved, they started putting little marks to indicate things. And, uh, you know, they call it a jot or a tittle. Right. You know, and that's why when Jesus is talking before this passage, and he's talking to the Pharisees, and they're, you know, smug because they're following the law. And he's like, you guys aren't following the law. You're not saved by the law. You're saved by faith because of grace, not because of anything that you have done. And the amazing thing is, yeah. this prayer is right in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the yeah. Mount. And that doesn't mean that Jesus was on a horse. <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> he was on a mountain and he was giving this amazing teaching, right? Just what you were saying about grace. Amazing. So he's, he's talking to the disciples uh, and he's been talking about don't pray like the hypocrites. You know, they're just babbling and, and also, you know... You, you a lot of words, repetition. Lots of words. Um, and it, their prayers were more about themselves. You know, they think about how the Pharisees, you know, are all dressed up and even their garb is saying, I am righteous in myself because look at what I'm wearing. You know, the most yeah. beautiful <laughs> prayers I think I've ever heard are from newer Christians, right? younger Christians. Um, and sometimes they'll, they've asked me, uh, how do I pray? Uh, I said, well, you know, don't get repetitive in your prayers or don't mm. use some kind of prayer like, oh, thou wonderful heavenly father, thou art so amazing. But I've heard uh, people pray, Lord, you know, it's me. Uh, I don't know if I should be even coming to you. And it's just a a genuine right. conversation, right. a dialogue with the Heavenly right. Father. And I think, don't you think that's what prayer really is? It is. It's really a dialogue. In other words, dialogue means you talk, I talk. So sometimes in our prayers, what we, I think what we need to do is, hey, Daddy, I come to you today and I just want you to know I'm, I, I need you to forgive me. But I want you to speak to me today and then be quiet and sometimes, listen, John, I want to say one thing and then get back on point, okay? Because I'm going to go off point here. I wanted to say this last week, but you mentioned that you studied the prodigal son in that Luke 15 passage and that God inspired you. And I wanted to speak about the word inspiration because you didn't go into it, but it's not that God writes something or speaks audibly to us, but he inspires us. And here's the way I've always understood that. The Bible says that it is inspired. It is the inspired word of God, that this is God's word and that he wrote it, but he wrote it through personalities, through people. And that's inspiration. The way I've always kind of understood that is if you think of yourself on a boat and you don't have any oars and you don't have a rudder and you don't have a motor and you don't have a sail, (laughs) you have no way to direct the course of that boat and you're in the middle of the ocean, where would the boat go? You're just going to follow the wind it's and gonna the waves. going to follow the wind and the waves, the current, you know, whatever yeah. it is. That's inspiration. If you will just get into the place where you have a relationship with God and you focus on him and you're seeking him and you are praying to him, 
then listen to him and he will inspire you. He will take you where you want to go. And that's what God did, I think, for you. When you began to think about that passage of scripture, then God began to inspire you and show you things. And then you shared those things and blessed me. And I think blessed Mike and blessed blessed the people about the new things. And anyway, uh, that's what he was doing here. He was saying, come to God and come to him as father. But then the very next thing is, he says, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. How do you uh, reconcile those two things, John? How do you reconcile da-da? But remember, holy is his name. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I think about Jesus as our high priest. You know, the writer of Hebrews says he's a high priest of the order of Melchizedek, and he's the one who was the once and for all sacrifice for our sins. Um, he's the one that opened the way for us to approach God directly through his name, not just like on Jesus' name, but no, in terms of what he did when it says in his name, he's literally the one who paved the way for us to speak to God. Um, you got to consider in the, in the second temple uh, period with the first century, only one priest got to go into the presence of God. Right. One day out of the year, right? Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and so in the eyes of these disciples who are with Jesus, God is this untouchable mm-hmm. person. They can't even get in His presence, let alone how do I? How do we talk to Him? And so, yes, hallowed be His name because His name is revered. It's set apart, uh, but God's also in spirit. And you can be in his presence no matter where you are. Right. But I think, I think we always need to, just like we would respect our earthly father, we need to come with respect. And with God, it's uh, like even a fear, a reverent fear or respect or just the awesome power of God on one hand and our father on the other hand. You, 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 you flippantly say things and I think... John, who is Melchizedek? He just oh, brought up Melchizedek. I don't know if we all Old Testament. That'll be another episode. Neither one of us know who Melchizedek was. Right. He was this uh, Old Testament character that came right. out that that represents in in a way. And Hebrews, uh, as you study that, uh, speaks and mentions Melchizedek again. So uh, these things are are so amazing, and the scripture is so deep, and yet he's telling them. Come and say, Dad, Dad. <laughs> you know, so it blows your mind. Believe me, this is a it lifelong is. task to, to come to God and to really begin to know him, it know is. all these aspects of him. But hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You know, your kingdom come, your kingdom, not my kingdom on earth, but your kingdom. And, and let me bring your kingdom on earth as I allow you to live through me. And it's not an earthly kingdom. Right. It's a heavenly kingdom. Oh, so that's why we're doing this podcast to to try to help you focus on Christ, who is in one sense, my friend and my father and my brother, and I'm a joint heir with him. And then on one side, he's also my Lord, my master, my king, my ruler. He's amazing. I get excited when I think about all the things that he is. He is. He is amazing. Um... And yet, 
we can we can come to him so humbly like that little child. That, yeah. that that's so amazing. So reading on, um, you, you mentioned that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Um, the next phrase: Give us today our daily bread. But before that, yeah. what is earth? Your will be done on earth. What does that yeah. mean? Are you made of earth? Well, I think of it like the planet. The planet, but also, can we also say in earth? Because didn't God take the dust dust of the ground? He created man. So I do believe, just as you said, let your will be done on this earth, in this world. But can't you also say personally, let your will be done oh, and me. In, yes. in earth, because I'm going to return to the dust of the ground. Is, can, yeah, uh, no, I believe that. Okay, now go on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, it's interesting to me, the things that Jesus puts in the prayer. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Um, give us today our daily bread. What, what do we normally pray? You know, or I, when I'm thinking about what we pray for, we pray for stuff that's like down the road. You know, part of what he's saying is, guys, don't worry about that stuff. Is Have he, you ever been hungry? You know, <laughs> really hungry. I mean, hungry. And you didn't know if you were going to be fed that day. Yeah, no. I never have either. No. Can you imagine being to the place where you did not have food that day? And you didn't know where it was going to come from. And so what you have to do is you have to say, Lord, I don't know where this is coming from, but I believe and trust that you'll bring me food today. Yeah. And then maybe have that food show up through Mike, who makes you a a salmon omelet with all the special things which we got today. And to say, wow, God provided through my friend, my food for this morning, my food for today. You see what I mean? Right. It's it's taking those things that we take for granted. Yes. Yes. Right. And and it's also understanding that those things come from God. Give us today. I, I I would I translate this for myself when I'm going through the Lord's Prayer because sometimes I will use the Lord's Prayer just as you know my template for how I want to pray, and I'll say, God, just give me today what I need for today. Yeah. Get me through yeah. today. Amen. Um, now, the next part I think is tough. Forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. Or our sins. Yeah. Which one do sins. you say? Um, I, I guess I use sin because, you know. I, I Speaks relate, more to us. Yeah, I relate to that word better, I guess. Um, and then it says, as we forgive our debtors or as we have forgiven our debtors or as we those forgive who those who us. sinned against us. That's a little personal. It is. It's a little personal. <laughs> it's a little personal because it's not as simple as, oh, God, forgive me as I forgive. Yeah, because that, that's, where, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Did you know the only thing that Jesus repeated from the prayer immediately after he taught them how to pray was this part? He emphasized or he re-emphasized right. the forgiving of others. For because if you I, forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father, your heavenly daddy um, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. How many people leave that one out? 
Because it's hard, isn't it? That's hard. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it goes against our doctrinal thoughts. It, it adds to yeah. it, 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 our understanding of the value of the blood of Jesus. Okay. Mm. You know, it, when we talked about the parable of the lost son, we talked about how hard it is to lose a child. Mm. Now, God didn't lose a child and keep the child lost. I mean, Jesus rose from the dead. He's, he's back in the family thing. But, but he gave his own son for us. So if we hold on to our little petty, oh, that person wronged me and I can't let that go, we're diminishing the value of that blood. Amen. Why did Jesus come to this earth? To forgive sin. And so if we are going to be a child of God and we're going to be able to say our father who art in heaven, now we are a child of God and a child is supposed to live like the father, right? Mm -hmm. Supposed to learn from the father. The main thing about God for most of us is that he forgave us. So if we're going to be a child of God, then what do we need to do? We need to walk in the footsteps of our Father, and we should forgive others. I think we're the most Christ-like when we forgive our enemies, people that have hurt us in our own hearts. But what does forgiving others do in us? How does that change us when we forgive others? What do you think? I think it frees us. It opens us up to more understanding of God, Absolutely. and it helps us uh, be more like Christ and, and live a joyful life yeah. to forgive. It, 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 to me, it brings me back to the foot of the cross because I've got to get to that place where I remember that I, I'm no different and I'm no better than that person who I need to forgive. Hey, John. Who do you think is the hardest person to forgive in in your life? Is it someone who betrayed you? Can you think of being betrayed by someone? In other words, have you ever had a friend who really hurt you by betraying you? I don't know. I'm trying to think about that in my life. Have I done something to you, Jack? No. No, matter of fact, you do you do for me. I'm just trying to get this point. The point I'm trying to get is that Jesus forgave, and who did he forgive? He forgave the people who were killing him. Right. I mean, he's hanging on a cross, and he's being ridiculed, and people are saying, ah, you you said you were going to be the king and the savior, but then come down off that cross and prove that you're the savior. And he proved he was the savior by staying on the cross. He proved he loved them by staying there. Had he come down from the cross, then they wouldn't have been forgiven. And so he stays there and he prays the most amazing thing on the cross. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That is just amazing. And he forgave Judas, I believe. And I believe if Judas had repented, just like Peter, same sin, denial, betrayal. If he had repented, he would have been forgiven because Jesus forgave the friends that betrayed him and that denied him and that ran away and wasn't there. It's just an amazing thought. And so let's take it to the next step. 
And you should forgive those kind of people. And if you will, then you will be the most Christ-like in your life. And we harbor ill will and, and unforgiveness toward our own family sometimes because we've been betrayed. But the, the example is Jesus Christ who forgave the friends that betrayed him. You can't be betrayed if it's not a friend, mm-hmm. right? That's true. And that's just an amazing yeah. thought. So, Yeah, I had a friend post a thing on the other, on, on Facebook a while back, and they said, um, you know, no betrayal hurts like the betrayal of a friend. And I just commented back, if they're not a friend, how can they betray you? <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, yeah, it's it's very true. Um, this 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 whole thing gets me. It really gets me because obviously forgiveness is central to the, the whole gospel story, the whole good news. That is the good news, and it's not by accident that it is the central point in the Lord's prayer. When Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, the central point of the prayer is forgiveness. Um, and that is with intention. Um, and, and then emphasized again after the prayer, like Jack said. Um, well, you think about this. As you have been forgiven, I think sometimes we don't think we've been forgiven that much because we weren't that bad. Mm. And it goes back to what I think we said last time is when you see who you really are and see your sin and then see the forgiveness of God. The Bible says he who has been forgiven much loves much. Loves much. Because when you see how much Jesus forgave you, then your love for him is, is um, multiplied yeah. and is deeper and wider and higher. How can you? I will never be separated from this love of Christ that is high and wide and deep and rich and full because he forgave me so much. When you understand how much God forgave you, uh, then it's a lot easier to forgive someone else who sinned against you just this much when you sinned against God this much. And he forgave you. Why can't you forgive your friend? Just some thoughts. Thank you, Jack. I I love those words. Um, I I love diving into God's word with you. We're so thankful that you're part of us and uh, we're thankful for your comments um, and your emails that you share with us um, at at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. We want to thank you so much for listening and, and watching and being a part of this podcast because our mission truly is to help you focus on Christ. Um, If you find that we're not doing that, call us out. Amen. And that's what our email is for um, because that's what we want to do. Um, And I will reemphasize that this is not about us. This is about you. This is about helping all of us together focus on Christ because we live in a world full of too many distractions that pull away our focus and So thank you for being with us. Um, We'll see you next time. Amen.